Young Stars Classic was a couple of days ago. Some notable standouts. Some for great reasons. Maybe a couple for not so great reasons. Dylan and Chris are going to talk about it. Armchair GM Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, Chris, there was a couple players who really stood out for, for some really good reasons in the Young Stars Classic. Um, it, for anybody who didn't watch, we had a pretty bad game to start there against uh, Vancouver and then the next couple games against Edmonton and uh, uh, Winnipeg. We ended up playing very well. Um, not you can't take too, too much out of the Young Stars Classic, but it's always fun, and, and it's a good way to, uh, you know, get yourself back into the hockey mood uh, to start the season. A little tournament in Penticton. Did you watch all the games? Um, I watched about half of the Vancouver, the first one. I was kind of in and out, uh, watched it on my phone and whatnot, but I did watch pretty much all the Edmonton and, and uh, Winnipeg games. Okay. So yeah, there there's some there's some good plays there. Like there I, I had no idea how well like say Krapka is with his body and you know, he, like we've seen some some tall guys come through the organization that just are are very soft in the corners and just afraid to use their weight and their size. Jan Kelsey's not one of them. Those types of guys. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it was really refreshing to watch him play out there. I was, I'm hoping that he, he can keep it going in actual camp against, you know, against NHL players. Uh, time will tell for that. You know, the the uh, that starts right. That's tomorrow or that's Thursday. That that, that starts up. So yeah, hopefully he can uh, have a good showing there and and fight for a spot. I agree. I mean, he was the one that stood out the most for me, and I, I feel like a lot of the fan base kind of feels the same way. Um, mm-hmm. He's was really able to protect the puck, and he wasn't afraid to use his, you know, his backside to shove people around, and and um, even just find himself some space. He he got off a couple of nice shots, a couple of a couple of goals, a nice deflection goal, which is something we've been sorely missing since Kachuk left. Um, uh, I like, I don't see him having a whole bunch of, you know, top six, uh, upside, but having a guy like that with a little bit of soft hands and, and uh, the ability to grind on the bottom in the bottom six, it one day would be fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, these are all, these are all necessary players. Yeah. Right. He, he, unfortunately, you can't have, you know, twelve top six forwards, right? Exactly. So, so we need people to round out that that core, and and I think, you know, third line, you know, fourth line maybe this year, but you know, I I see him third line and and occasionally being on the second. He has some really good hands, uh, more so than I ever ever thought and gave him credit for. That's for sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, and the size, the way they've drafted size and, and targeted size 
in the last little while has really is really showing as far as the young stars are concerned like you had siona you had lipinski like there's some you know hanzek even who i don't think hanzek mm-hmm. really shone that much but it's also his you know his first couple games like i'm not too worried about hanzek eventually becoming you know a, a legitimate middle six player for us like eventually yeah. in, in a couple of years yeah i agree i think i think his ceiling is is good still um i did find him to be fairly lazy on the ice through this through uh last weekend oh yeah um yeah just he seemed to float a lot and and seemed disinterested in 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 engaging in in a lot of the plays in my opinion um which you know could be you know maybe maybe there's a language barrier maybe they're you know just getting used to the to the smaller ice and and the, and the new team around him and surroundings there's probably multiple reasons for well, it well i don't um think but i don't Hanzek, think it's going to be an issue moving forward cuz Hanzek lived in in canada for a couple of years like he played for yeah. the vancouver giants last year i don't think the small yeah, ice i don't true. think those things but he definitely didn't pop like i i didn't really notice him doing you know floating like you were saying but i i think that's probably because I noticed a lot of, um, you know, his line mates like Lipinski, for instance, um, doing so much work in the corners. Um, you know, another yeah. big guy in Lipinski, again, Hanzek's big, like, especially against other teams, young stars, I, I found the size to really shine through. Yeah, we we're physical and and like not like bone crushing hit physical, but but just good hard nosed hockey, right? Just just grind it out and 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 assert your your size and your dominance with with that size difference, if you know whenever possible. Yeah, obviously when 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 you got guys like Klapka who's six seven, Siona who's I think six five, or yeah, six six maybe, yeah. Um, Siona looked really good for a couple games there too. He didn't really do much. I, I found in the third game, but he was the only sure, player who yeah. played well in the first game and then played pretty well yeah. in the second game as well. So, yeah, he played really. He was really noticeable in the second as well. I agree. Um, yeah. and you're right. Uh, I think you even asked a question in in uh, in the Flames Hub group chat there. You know, has anybody seen him? Is he playing or something like that? Yeah, and the, which is like halfway is through the normal, third game but, there. Yeah. 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 I I agree. He he was very noticeable um for the right reasons, especially in game one and two. Um he he really he he really showed a lot of leadership even in the interviews after the games, which I was quite impressed with. Yeah. Um he's kind of took took over the conversation in, in the interviews and and I, I think I think he's gonna be one of those natural leaders for the for the for the flames if he can make the the team in the next you know you know year or two or whatever i really I hope so even seeing him on the fourth line this year to be honest yeah yeah i wouldn't mind that i mean i think we have enough guys who you know are higher up in the you know in the lineup as far as it goes you know to being ready Right. Yeah, that's right. Fair. Like that's 
That's fair. The the one thing that I that I'm kind of worried about is that we finally give some of these uh, some some of these prospects a chance to to make the team. Some that should have been you know probably brought in sooner than than uh, they have been, and then they just end up playing 12 minutes on the fourth line or 10 minutes on the fourth line, and it ends up stunting their their development some. Yeah. But, and that's one thing I'm worried about. Let's let's while we're still on forwards here, let's go and talk about Coronado a little bit because I understand and I, I also think that he is going to develop into a perfectly good middle six uh, sniper for us eventually, um, mm-hmm. even later this year. But from what I saw, again, you can't take too much into it, but from what I saw in the prospect games he was getting out muscled he yeah he found a couple of soft spots he got you got a nice goal but he just didn't seem like he was ready to take to jump a step right because he's coming from college and everybody's ready like the media is all like oh he's going to be a top six you know he's going to be a top six forward he's going to be first line power play blah, blah blah but he's going to skip the AHL. Like he's not a superstar prospect. You know what I mean? He's good and he will eventually be a star player probably, but maybe for him, I think it might be better to give him top flight minutes for, you know, at least half the year in the AHL before, you know, even even if you give him a chance in the NHL to start, I just don't want to, put him in a position where he's the guy who's always counted on when he's not ready to do that. And I just don't think he's ready to do that in the NHL level yet. No, I, I agree. And I mean, it's also a big ask for somebody that, that just was a, a point per game player in college, right. Or university. That's kind yeah, of what I mean, I'm looking at too. Like Jimmy VC was a, was had much better stats in college. Like college is a couple of significant steps down from the NHL. Yes. The players there are good, but I just don't think that expecting, like there's so many people who are expecting Coronado to step in and have 30 goals this year, have, you know, 60 points. And it's like, if, even if he plays all season, I just don't see him having like 30 like I see him maybe having like 15 to 20, but it's just not, you know? Yeah. I, like he's certainly, certainly not the savior of the, of the team at the moment. No. Um, I, I think the majority of the people that are clamoring for him to be, you know, on, on the, in the, in the top six and, and first power play and all that are probably amongst the same people that thought that Dustin Wolf was ready for the flames when he was playing in Everton. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, he, he may have been, but it, it does nothing for his development. And, it, and in my opinion, doesn't help him improve. No, exactly. Like some guys can just jump right in and some guys can't. And I'm just, I'm worried that having such high expectations on, on a kid who's played one professional game and that professional game was the last game of the season against the worst team in the league. And he had like yeah. two noticeable plays. You know what I mean? Like 
he was the only yeah. one in that game other than Dustin Wolf who gave a fuck about that game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like so. he, he didn't impress me like like Peltier did when he started uh, his his gent up up with the main club. Like yeah. he looked like he wanted to be there, and he put in a lot of effort on almost every single play. He was noticeable. Yeah, you know that. And attitude was a huge difference in. I, I don't have a problem with Coronado's attitude. And honestly, like, oh. I could see it being, because he's a smart kid from, from what I've heard and, and kind of seen so far, that Coronado is a pretty smart kid. But I think that he's, like, there's even a chance that he could just play, like, 15, 20 games in the AHL and then prove that he's too good for the AHL. Mm-hmm. And great. And then come up and then maybe be like a third line sniper for it, which which would be great. I'd be okay with yeah. that. But I think expecting him to step in and have, you know, prime Phil Kessel numbers as a right wing sniper is kind of yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean Coronado does not have the stamina of the stamina of, of uh Phil Kessel. He, yeah. he he doesn't eat enough hot dogs for that. No. I mean, maybe he does. Who knows? I don't know what the yeah. cafeteria at Harvard University is like. I'm not smart enough for that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't even know what it looks like. Oh. Um, a- and that's just a couple thoughts on Coronado. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple of the defensemen. Uh, obviously, for those who didn't know, J- Jeremy Poirier um, has been playing – with a, I believe a shoulder injury um, for two years and still manages to put up some really good, good numbers. But so he didn't play in the prospects camp. I think they're expecting him to be back sometime in, uh, in main camp, which starts up tomorrow. But so um, Etienne Moran actually, stepped in and was the first line, you know, main guy to watch and, and was the power play one guy and all that type of stuff. And I thought that he showed a lot of, he showed why there's a lot of work to be done, but he also showed that he's got a ton of talent. Like I'm excited. This is one of my favorite prospects in the system. If not my straight up favorite prospect in the system, He's got a lot of raw talent. He's got a lot of offensive instincts, but he definitely had some pretty bad giveaways there. So, like PJ Brody esque in uh, in in his first couple of years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, TJ Brody yeah. just played like that for his whole career. Although Toronto people seem to think that he's a defensive defenseman, so I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting concept. I, uh, yeah, I've I've always had a lot of appreciation for TJ Brody, but I wouldn't call him a defensive defenseman. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, so did you did you pay much attention to Moran or? Um, I did. I mean, I didn't. I didn't pay a lot of attention, especially in the first game, because defensively the entire team was horrendous. <laughs> True. Um, and it was just kind of frustrating to watch. Um, after that, obviously they buttoned it down. Um. But it was more 
I mean, defensively, they, they looked much better, but I, I found offensively they just controlled the play more in both those games. We're, we're in the offensive zone way more than, than not, mm-hmm. which helps. That'll, that'll help defense always, right? When yeah. they're not being hammered. Because that, that was the problem against Vancouver. It was most of the play was in our end, and, and if we're totally trying agree. to get it out, we couldn't get it out. And so it was, it was, it was a very one-sided game, and and which is good. These kids need to be picked in the teeth sometimes in a game like that. Yeah. Oh, and they were definitely, again, that first game was. It reminded me of that nine-one throbbing we got to Pittsburgh a couple years back. The one that yeah. is always going to be in Flames fans' minds, where we just got told where to go and how to get there pretty quick, yeah. and it turned our season yeah. around. But they pretty much in that game, they just like were, were hemmed in their own zone all game long, all game long. Um, and I think Morin had a bunch to do with that. Like he wasn't good in that first game and he kind of got better as it went, went along, but, um, Mm -hmm. and his D partner, uh, Jan Kuznetsov, who obviously played all, all season in the AHL last year with the Wranglers. Um, I think we might have something there. I don't. I think so too. I don't want to say he's gonna, you know, become a top three defenseman, but I think there's a chance that he's becomes like an everyday third pairing defenseman um, eventually in you know another two years or something like that. I think he's got some size, and he's not afraid to use it. I mean, he showed that he was, you know, basically the only guy with any pro games, any a significant amount of pro games in uh, for the Flames, anyways. Um, just by using his size and and he made some great defensive plays. I really like this Jan Kuznetsov, Jan Kuznetsov kid. Yeah, I I like his play as well, and I I agree with you. I think. You know, potentially next year, um, but in my opinion, for sure, the year after, he should definitely be uh, part of the you know the the main club's deep or um, you know, like you said, third pairing, maybe mix it into the second if there's injury that sort of thing. Um, I I think I think he will be. Uh, I think he'll be a, a a good NHL for for a lot of years. I think Thank he's you. he plays the game or seems to play the game the right way. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, he's, uh, yeah. I mean, who, who do you compare him to as far as defensemen? Uh, who would I compare Jan Kuznetsov to defensively? Um, almost like, um, Travis Hamanick. But bigger, just not a whole bunch of like offensive skill, but like pretty good at shutting guys down. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can go with that. And Who are you thinking? You know, I, 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 I. Well, that's that's not a bad one. Um, I, uh, I think he's got a a really good shot if we can get him to use it more often from the line and i think he's going to end up being a, a really good stay-at-home defenseman 
Um, I'm hoping that we can get him to uh, start hitting more and give us more of that that rigier stuff. But he's he just doesn't have quite that grid in him. Yeah, yeah. that would yeah. be nice. Uh, mm. Tunnel of yeah, Doom I, I, 2.0. Tunnel. Yeah, right. Yeah, if we can if we can get him to mix it in like. You know, like a, a shot like Stone and and hitting like Regeer, I think will be uh, will be will, will be good to go. Hundred percent. In in, re, in in reality, I don't know who I would actually compare him to. To be honest, um, he's because uh, you you don't you just don't see stay at home defensemen that often in in the NHL anymore, right? You don't. You know, the, the, the the person that wins the best defenseman is the person that gets the most points. So they're definitely looking for more more You know what? From, Rhett from, Warner. Yeah. I think I think yeah. that's a good one. For him. With, with offensive uh abilities, I'll say. So, I, mean, I don't Warner even know. Really have I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the offensive abilities from him. I just see a lot of Rhett Warner, even maybe Corey Sarge type of thing in him. Like, yeah, just yeah, good happy to, to do stay it. at the line and hold the line. Yeah. You know, yeah. See, I was gonna say uh, uh, Weidman as far as people that have played here, just kind of looks clumsy at at times, <laughs> but actually fairly decent at playing defense. Fair enough. Hopefully. I'd be okay with that. We're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day for this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY. That's four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensed partner Golden Nugget in Lake Charles in LA. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Well, preseason's about to start. Um, main camp. I'm pretty excited to see what a couple of the young guys have to offer when it comes to uh, you know playing with the big boys. See if they've, you know, how many players have what it takes to jump up. There's lots of spots. So Connery actually kept his kept his word when it comes to leaving spots open for some young forwards. So pretty excited about that. What about you? You know, it's it, it is a good thing that we're going into camp with with 
I think only one signed PTO at the moment. And it's I, I think it's just somebody signed just so we can have enough players for the split squad, to be honest. I don't I don't think this I don't think there's any chance that uh PTO guys are, are making the team at all. I think they're actually gonna give the young guys a chance. Which is good. I mean, I also think that we've left a lot open. Like you can always sign more guys af after, but if these guys mm -hmm. aren't ready, then we've left ourselves with a bunch of like spare parts that we have to try and find, you know, inside a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is one of the downsides, right? I mean, we do need players at the moment because um, we don't quite have a full roster as far as actual uh, players, um, yeah. but we're, we're also over the cap. So, something still needs to happen before the beginning of the season. We're just not sure what that something's going to be. Yeah. And at this mm -hmm. point, it looks like, you know, it's going to be for free because we've lost all of our leverage because we are going to have to make a move to get under the cap. Yeah. Right. Even if we just take all of the empty spots and shove league minimum contracts into them we're still gonna be over the over the salary cap so yeah exactly like right right now we're sitting at at uh 21 of 23 players as far as um main roster people or main roster players um not counting shillington not counting shillington so i guess technically that's 22 um but in that mix right so obviously Adam Rizika is going to be fighting for a spot. Um, you know, even Pelche. I think Pelche is a, going to be a mainstay. Um, they do have Coronado listed in 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 there as well for the actual players. So yeah. I think uh, that'll be. You know, we'll see. You know, is it going to be Coronado? Is it going to be Zari? Um, I suspect Zari would have a better chance at it. I think Coronado. I think he's going to get a look to start. I don't particularly agree with it. I mean, we'll have to see how camp, like what happens yeah. in camp. Maybe it, you know, he shows some awesome chemistry with Kadri or, or maybe he shows some awesome chemistry with Lindholm or, or who knows, right? You just never know. And it would be nice to see, but personally, yeah. I mean, I go back to last year's camp and I still think Zari was the best player. And I don't even mean like the best young player. I mean, Zari was the best player for a lot of last year's preseason as far mm -hmm. as being engaged and being, um, I mean, he was fun to watch. He was engaged. He was physical. He was gritty. He was getting chances. And um, I'm really interested to see how that, like if he can do that again this year and earn himself a spot, I think he's not talked about very often because he's kind of a forgotten about prospect for some reason in our, like, as opposed to where he should be in our uh, prospect pool. But yeah. And I mean, that could be because he lost um, a bunch of games, right? Like half a season or more, like, I think just yeah. over half a season. 
Yeah, so I think that has 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 a lot to do with it. So yeah. maybe they're putting him a bit further back on his development because of it, which I personally think is a bit of a mistake because I think he's shown that he's ready for the for the move up. Personally, um, I mean, it's not he's not like a a points dynamo. He's not the savior of the Flames, but he could definitely be part of that middle six, um, in in my opinion. Right. He's got a lot of. Coleman in them. Yeah, agreed. Just quick, gritty, not afraid to get in the corners and, and do stuff, you know, just not gonna wow you with his points or with his with his you know goal output or whatever, but just a mm -hmm. really good like third line. Like I think he would be just just fine to be in our bottom six for most of the year. Um, yeah. Of course, he'd have to outwork some other guys, you know, uh, Coronado, maybe Klapka. I'd really like to see Klapka get a shot, especially if he continues his play from prospect camp. Um, Peltier, like you said, there's a couple guys who are who are like for sure in. I do not see a way that they don't, unless unless they just suck in camp. I don't see Walker Dewar being, you know, in the AHL this year. I don't see Jacob Pelche being in the AHL this year. And quite frankly, you know, that's good because those guys deserve, like, to play 50, 60 games this year, if not more, I think. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, Walker Dewar for sure. Um, and there's zero reason for Pelche to – be watching games from the uh, from the press box in my opinion i think he he did everything right last year he came in even though he was kind of having a hard time getting getting ice time because of the coach um and and his philosophy on on young players so i think i think moving forward i think jacob's going to be a, a mainstay on the on the flames roster um, like where, where do you have uh uh sharon govich playing yeah well, he's not an AHL player, that that's for sure. Um, no. I think he's going to be this year's Dubé. I think he's going to be up and down the lineup. He's going to get some looks on the top power play, and he's going to get some games where he's not on either power play. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, you know, when there's an injury, he's going to get moved up into that spot because he can play any of the positions, and he can – score 20 25 goals if he's given the chance i think he'll be probably spend most of the season on the second or third line and kind of back and forth type of thing that's my thought what about you yeah yeah i agree i i could easily see him playing on uh on either side of backland with with coleman um that'd be a I good line more, i i think it would be a really good line um, and but I mean, who knows? Maybe he would look good playing with with uh, Nazem. You know, I mean, that would be an interesting that, line. That Kadri needs somebody to to help get that play moving, and I think he might be pretty good at that. I wouldn't mind seeing seeing uh, him, Kadri, and uh, and Dubé on the on the second line. I mean, That'd that gives fun. us three three options at center too. Right for taking draws in on uh, each side of the, right. 
each side of the ice or in each zone. That's all right. Remember when we had Monaghan and Lindholm on the same line and it just seemed like mm -hmm. we were winning way more face-offs because whenever somebody got kicked out of the circle, it was like, okay, well, here's this guy who's actually better than our natural center at taking face-offs. Like, yeah. that was, yeah, that was no, always I, really good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I like having Dubé um, um, playing on, on, on the line with, with Kadri because, you know, he's not great at it, but he's serviceable at that spot. Right? But he can. Yeah. Yeah. He can, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole bunch of, of players that we're going to be looking at, like, oh, this guy should all of a sudden be a first liner because of how we played in camp. I hope there is, I hope there's a couple because it would be, it would be great. Right. Our team needs well, it. Our, mean, our team needs there, players to step opening. up. Yeah. Yeah. We need. We need, we need we need somebody on that top line and and I would like to see somebody bust their ass and and make it so there's no option but to put them up there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like I don't see it being Zari or Dewar or Peltier really. Maybe Peltier, but I um I mean he didn't show a whole I mean, bunch of offense last year. His most of his. Um, most of his success came from just being in the right spot defensively and starting the play from, from the other end and just mm -hmm. being happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. But you know, maybe, maybe him and, and Jonathan Huberto can, That'd be can great. have a spark, right? They can, they can speak French to each other on the ice. And, you know, I think with, with uh, them and having, having Lindholm between them, I think, you know, it actually might be a pretty decent, hardworking line. I'd like that. I mean, I like – my main thing is, is I don't want, you know, the natural goal scorers that, that we do have. And Sharon Govich is one of them. Um, yeah, good point. I don't want them to not have a fair look mm -hmm. with, with Huberto. Because that's what happened last year, and Huberto didn't have somebody who wanted to shoot the puck on his line for the majority of the season. And yeah. you know, we need we need more guys who want to shoot the puck in in tight, right? Because Huberto's yeah. good at getting the puck to those guys, but he doesn't want to shoot it, right? So you need guys like hopefully Sharon Govich and Lindholm who want to shoot it, and that's that. <laughs> I mean, look at that one time that Coronado scored in the game against Winnipeg. I mean, he's ready, boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, sure. I had to throw that in just because no, I know. of how angry Again, I've been he, about everybody giving them props. <laughs> he he had a couple of nice plays, but I just, I, as a whole, he didn't look ready to me. Right. Um, but again, we'll see. You know, maybe he was taking it easy in rookie camp and he wants to save it all for main camp. Maybe that's the thing. I mean, but I mean, how how much of a mistake would that be? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we had Daryl Sutter on the team and the, and and he caught a wind of a of a player holding back in one camp to hopefully potentially shine in another? Mm -hmm. He would lose his mind. So we're talking about. 
a couple of minutes ago there, we were talking about players who we thought might be able to take the step and be, you know, decent middle six, bottom six forwards. And I know we've talked about Klapka a lot, like to kick off the show, but I really would like to see him get a fair shot because, and it's not just because of the size, the size, like we've had so many players come in who are big and not that much else, you know, but he seems to actually have a lot more than just being big. He's, he's like a lightning bolt out there. He's quick. And he is quick. Um, that, that really surprised me. I didn't really, um, I, I didn't really see him being like that because he played 60 games last year, I think, for the Wranglers. Um, most he of the season, play yeah. the full season, but most of the season. Um, obviously, he's not a, not necessarily a points guy. I mean, he sure seemed like a points guy this last weekend. I mean, um, he was in the Wranglers' bottom six. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... I I would I I would love to have him on on that fourth line playing on the other side um, uh, with with Dewar I guess would be you know the natural uh, right wing on that so who who would play center on that fourth line for you then? Uh, I mean Klapka can play center. Um, I'm not sure if I'd want that. Zari maybe. Um, the other thing yeah. I was thinking too is as much as we love Backland and Coleman together and as much as having a $5 million player on the third, on the fourth line isn't ideal. Um, it wouldn't be the worst if Coleman, like I love Coleman, you know, I'm a huge Coleman fan, but right. it wouldn't be the worst if he, like he would be a good fourth liner, you know? So if there was a fourth liner who needed to move up, then Coleman could we could see Coleman playing fourth line minutes for a lot of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I could easily say that Coleman could slot in in the bottom six, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he could he could bounce between third and fourth line quite easily. I mean, he could even bounce in, into the second. He's he still has he can know, a, a yeah. really good amount of speed on him. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean uh, that. But again, that's that's kind of part of my problem is we've got these, you know, these four centers, if you will, uh, Sharon Govich being one of them, and I just don't, I don't think that any of the four should be playing on the fourth line personally. And you're talking Sharon Govich, Dubé. Yeah, I guess I don't really have Dubé in there as a center. I have a more more of a winger, but can fill yeah. in. And I don't want Dubé on the fourth line. So, uh, yeah, I, that's kind of my 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 biggest my biggest hiccup or, or question mark, I guess, when it comes to the roster is who do we put at center on that fourth line to yeah. play with with Dewar and and you know, like I said, like Klapka or, or somebody like that. So last year we had a fourth line that should be a fourth line, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I like Lewis and, you know, there's this time and a place for Lucic. Those guys are fourth line players this year. If we have those young guys come in, 
I feel like we'll have like a 3A and 3B line. I don't yes, think yes, any, sir. we won't really have, like we'll have a bottom six instead of having a third and a fourth line. And you can throw yeah. either of those lines out whenever and they'll both get the same amount of minutes type of thing. I don't, I almost don't want to call it a fourth line because that gives it kind of a, a label that it may, might not deserve. Right. No, and that's fair. I, I think early with the way the, the roster is right now, I think you could easily say top six, middle six, bottom six. Yeah. 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 Like the way our roster is constructed, I wouldn't call any of our lines a fourth line. And I'm not even sure if I'd call any of our lines a first line. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully yeah, it turns I mean, into it, but. Yeah. I mean, if they can gel and, and put up some points, obviously, you know, it's doubtful that they're going to have, uh, you know, the type of record or season uh, career season line that uh, Lindholm and Kachuk and Kudrow had. It um, doesn't seem you know, very I, possible. <laughs> no, no, that's not, it's not even fair to give the players that kind of pressure either. Mm. Um, but that being said, I, I don't, I don't see any reason why Lindholm and, and, uh, and Huberdeau can't hover around the 80 point mark. Like there's, there's no reason why they can't be in that in that conversation. And depending on who they put up there, I, I suspect what will end up happening is they're going to have more than one yeah. player playing on that on that line with them for the season, which is fine, I guess, right? Whoever's whoever's feeling it, feeling hot, fine, get him in that position. Let's get some points on the board. That's what that meant. Mm -hmm. It meant like a rotating, and that's kind of how I feel our. Um, how I feel our roster is. We have yeah. Dubé and Kadri. We have Lindholm and, and uh, Huberto. We have yeah. Backlund and Coleman. And whether, like we haven't even talked about Mangiapane, obviously neither of us are huge fans, but the guy can score goals. So, yeah. you know, you have Mangiapane, you have um, any of the kids coming up, you have uh, Sharon Govich, you have whoever else, and they can just kind of rotate whoever is feeling it or, you know, whoever you feel that, you know, that pairing of, say, Lindholm and Huberto. You look at your opponent yeah. and whoever's game fits playing against that opponent the best that day, you put that guy on the line. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, I agree. Uh, Sharon, Sharon Govich and and Dubé, I, I like how how Cap Friendly has both of them listed as center, left wing, right wing. So, yeah, I mean those those are the types of players that are useful and 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 will will really help you push push the team forward, especially in fantasy hockey. Right. Yeah. Those are the types of players that 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 you want to grab. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, uh, I, I suppose after the 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 elite players are gone, then that's when you start looking for uh, the multi position guys. Mm -hmm. I even mm -hmm. I even kind of do that earlier too, but even yeah. before the elite, I'll pick a multi position elite guy before I'll pick 
you know, a guy who might have a slightly less big ceiling, but can only play one position. That's right. Um, That's right. So you're excited for Sunday? Sunday I am. against Vancouver? I am. Um, not sure I'll be able to watch that one, but I'll definitely um, go back, watch parts of it. Um, yeah. I got to work that night, so I'll probably listen to it on the radio and move on from there. I'm looking forward to it, seeing some real, uh, some real flames hockey. Obviously, that's not sure I'd call it real flames hockey first preseason game, but you know. You're gonna, it's it'll it'll fill in the the uh, the blank that has been the summer. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll be good. So yeah, we got Vancouver six o'clock Mountain Standard Time on Sunday, and then uh, Monday we have a split uh, against Seattle, the home and home uh, split there that we normally do with. I guess normally it's with Vancouver. I think I guess we've done it with Edmonton too. Um, that's at. Uh, Seven o'clock and eight o'clock on uh, Monday, followed by the Wednesday game, six o'clock against Winnipeg. Yeah. So next week's going to be exciting, Flames fans. I can't wait for it. It's been uh, it's been a kind of an up and down type of off off season where we've been expecting big things and then you know effectively nothing happened. So so you know a lot of Flames fans are not feeling the love from the ownership at the moment and we just we just want to start seeing games and and see what uh see what their decision making has brought forth mm-hmm. yeah but see meantime, hopefully there's think, some uh some happy players coming out of the camp that want to sign some cheap ass deals right okay <laughs> cheap cheap Mm-hmm. Like entry level style, yeah. Or just keep Lindholm at four point eight or whatever it is. You know what? I know he's been a steal of a deal for for a number of years now, and I heard it um, from a from a reputable reputable source um, that he's willing to do that again for another five. So, is your reputable uh, source NHLTradeRumors.com? No, it's a friend of a friend. Friend of a friend, mostly. Um, heard from a guy. He, I think he he works at the Saddle Dome or something. And he just said he was. See the kind of friend you wouldn't still. lend your lend your car to. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The man's gonna get paid, and 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 he deserves to get paid. He's he's been on one of the most team friendly contracts in in the league for the last couple of seasons. Like how you have your your number one center making four million a year is just it's craziness so, yeah. yeah all right well looking forward to sunday looking forward to all of next week hopefully there's some uh, interesting things to talk about and yep. cheers make sure you like and subscribe and let us know how you feel about how prospects camp went in Penticton in the comments below. Absolutely. And don't forget to follow armchair GM underscore pod on Twitter slash X um, for all the episodes dropped there. Um, We also share a lot of stuff from the hockey podcast network. 
Um, follow the hashtags H or THPN uh, YYC, and uh, we'll see you on the next show, probably after a couple of preseason games. Thanks for watching, everybody. Go Flames! Go. Flames, go.